Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and to learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5 and 6 on how to bear one another's burdens. I mentioned in the announcement video that we need to also think about doctors and nurses and first responders. I'm going to get into some of that in this message because it kind of fits with what we're talking about today. If you'd like to stand, I'm going to read the passage uh, starting in Galatians 5.25. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Galatians 5. Uh, let's go back to verse 25. Bear one another's burdens. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Brethren, even if anyone, verse 1, chapter 6, is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your living word and it is very practical very challenging. This idea of burden bearing is a hard concept. It's really a forgotten concept, both inside the church and outside the church. To bear another's burdens seems like it's so antithetical to our culture that's so focused on self and advancement and all the things that we can get for ourselves. But we know the church is not immune to the problem, Lord. We, uh, we are in this culture. We can be very self-centered. It's hard enough to love our neighbor as ourselves, let alone love them as you loved us. And the additional thought of bearing their burden to be free enough as the people of God to where we would even consider that we would enter into somebody else's pain. It's a very uh, Christian thing to do because it's something that you modeled for us, Lord. You went around bearing burdens. And the ultimate burden that you bore is at the cross as you died for our sins. You took upon yourself the sin of the world. Though you were innocent, it was not yours to bear. Yet you did it because of your great love for your people. If we could just have a smidgen of that attitude, Lord, how much more would we shine in a world that is broken and hurting? Would you help us, Lord, to uh, hear your word this morning with ears that are open, with a heart to obey you, with a heart to walk out the application of living by the Spirit. We are so excited that we have a chance to do this this morning, once again, to open your word, to open our hearts. Would you change us and make us more like you? In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. That's good to hear. Well, this is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, it is a perfect time to talk about burden bearing. This weekend, uh, Monday, honors those who paid the ultimate price on the battlefields of the world. We also would like to honor anybody who's in active service right now or a veteran, 
uh, of the military. We want to thank you for your service, and we appreciate it very deeply. Um, Memorial Day weekend is a time when, if you, uh, if you watch uh, some of the on-street reporting, sometimes reporters will ask people on the beach, hey, do you know what Memorial Day is about? And they'll be, uh, 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 uh. and uh, that's not a good thing for our country. We need to know what our holidays represent. They're not just about having a barbecue or going to the beach or having an extra day off. Uh, Memorial Day is to memorialize those who gave you the freedom to be sitting here this morning and who shed their blood uh, that we might be free. And they shed their blood for people that they would never meet, people that they would never know this side of heaven. And it's very much a reflection of the gospel when someone gives their life, even for a future generation. And some of the things that we're doing now as a country and as a church are not just for us. They're for future generations. They're for our children and grandchildren. So remember that when you take a stand on the right principles for the right reasons, it's not just for your generation. It's also for the generation to come. Now, speaking of Memorial Day, um, I began to look at some statistics uh, just about things that are happening around the world and things that are happening, for example, in the medical community. And I mentioned to you that we need to open up Memorial Day, especially now for uh, first responders, doctors, nurses, those who um, deal with these things of health challenges. And I came across a story of a Christian doctor based in Manhattan named Laura M. Bream, uh, she, was, uh, she worked as a medical director of the emergency department at New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital, and unfortunately, she took her life uh, after being overwhelmed by the demand in New York by the number of cases of coronavirus. Uh, her father uh, said that she took her life from self-inflicted wounds. Uh, it just became too much for her. And as I read a little bit of the story I don't know a lot of details about her life, but I know that she had uh, gotten the virus. And I think the combination of just having to deal with the burdens of people, especially if you remember those early images of New York and how many people were perishing and the body bags and all that was just too much for her to bear. And uh, she ended up taking her life. And I give you that example to let you know that um, the world right now is filled with fear. I was reading an article uh, from a no newspaper that you would know the name, and this author says, the country is on the verge of another health crisis with the daily doses of death, isolation, and fear generating widespread psychological trauma. Federal agencies and experts warn that a historic wave of mental health problems is approaching. Depression, substance abuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicide, just to name a few. Data shows that depression and anxiety are roiling the nation, says this author. Nearly half of Americans report the coronavirus crisis is harming their mental health. Nearly half of Americans. According to Kaiser Family Foundation poll, a federal emergency hotline for people in emotional distress registered a more than 1,000% increase in April compared with the same time last year. Last month, roughly 20,000 people texted the hotline run by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. 
online therapy company Talkspace reported a 65% jump in clients since mid-February. Text messages and, uh, and transcribed therapy sessions collected anonymously by the company show coronavirus-related anxiety dominating patients' concerns. They go on in the article to mention Lorna Breen, who took her life in New York after being flooded with the demands of what was going on in the hospitals. Uh, another ER doctor in New York said, it chips away at your soul. You have to hold on to the positive, quoting her now, and you're helping uh, in the way that you can. That hope, she says, is like medicine. It's as important and tangible as Tylenol, and I would say <laughs> more than Tylenol. Hope. It's an interesting thing to think about a world that so quickly moved from what we would call normal life to a pandemic. And for many of us, pandemic was a new word, right? We, we were trying to understand what that meant, and people were giving us definitions of the word, and we began to see, uh, if you were watching the, the numbers you, and the maps, you were seeing hotspots in countries of the world and then hotspots in America. And then if you followed the Johns Hopkins uh, you know, uh, calculator, they were showing deaths uh, in incredible numbers and the widespreadness of the disease. And, and people, you know, when you don't know what you're dealing with, when you're dealing with something that's described as an unknown threat, uh, an unknown uh, enemy, if you will. Uh, it was scaring people like you can't believe. And now the ripple effects are continuing to kind of migrate out as time goes by. And this is where the church has a key place. Uh, the church always has a key place in society, but the church has been called to bear burdens. It doesn't sound like the funnest thing in the world. Hey, come to church today so you can bear somebody else's burden. Are you in? Right? It's hard enough sometimes to deal with our own stuff, let alone consider bearing one another's burdens. But in so doing, we actually fulfill the law of Christ. And you may not have thought of this before, perhaps you have, but of the 59 one another commands in the New Testament, this is one of them. It is burden-bearing. We're to bear one another's burdens. This is something that's a command in the New Testament. And it's something that I'm sure, you know, for us as the average, uh, you might consider yourself just a, you know, an average Christian going to church, that may not even be on your radar to bear somebody else's burdens. But think about the condition that the country is in right now. And think about a new opportunity now for the church to shine. Think about the record numbers of people who have been jumping to online services and people who have been investigating the claims of Jesus Christ and, and saying, hey, you know what? Maybe this is, this is something that I need to consider for my own life. When life is going you know, smoothly, smoothly along, we tend to kind of not worry about it. But now we have the good news, many people jumping online and opening their hearts, the tough news, increases in depression, anxiety, pornography use, alcoholism, domestic abuse, suicide, depression, and more could be said. And so here we are as a church in the business of burden bearing. And this is something that we really need to consider as we open the doors next Sunday 
is we're going to have broken and hurting people. The church is not always just this nice, tidy place, is it? It's a place where we come in and we bring our burdens. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. My plans were not Shane Lance would like to invite you to a night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. You know, it is so important for us as individual believers, as we are individually seeking Christ, to have times where we can come together to see the name of Jesus Christ exalted and lifted high. With a personal testimony. What a great way to just spark a fire in somebody's life again, to show them the the power that there is in the name of Jesus, the things that God can do, and the way He can change our life. Anybody is welcome, and maybe you have that friend that you've been trying to get back into church, and they've been telling you, oh yeah, you know, I want to get back to church, but I've had work, or I've had this, or I've had that. This is a great event to invite that friend to, to get them back surrounded with other believers. A night of worship at Living Truth Christian Fellowship this Sunday night at 6 p.m. Visit walkintruth.com for more information or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. I'll cry out, shout out your name for I know that I'm not forsaken. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. That may not even be on your radar to bear somebody else's burdens. But think about the condition that the country is in right now. And think about a new opportunity now for the church to shine. Think about the record numbers of people who have been jumping to online services and people who have been investigating the claims of Jesus Christ and, and saying, hey, you know what, maybe this is, this is something that I need to consider for my own life. When life is going you know, smoothly, smoothly along, we tend to kind of not worry about it. But now we have the good news, many people jumping online and opening their hearts, the tough news. Increases in depression, anxiety, pornography use, alcoholism, domestic abuse, suicide, depression, and more could be said. And so here we are as a church in the business of burden bearing. And this is something that we really need to consider as we open the doors next Sunday is we're going to have broken and hurting people. The church is not always just this nice, tidy place, is it? It's a place where we come in and we bring our burdens. And we want to lay them down at the foot of the cross, but sometimes in order for us to lay them down at the foot of the cross, we need somebody else to lay a hand on our shoulder and say, it's going to be okay. I'm here for you. This is what the church is about. And when the church becomes consumed with what I want to see on a given Sunday or Wednesday or my style or what I want, we lose our way. And there have been many stretches of church history where we've lost our way, brethren, where we've become self-consumed, where worship has become about what we want to see, almost as if we're going to a restaurant or a store and we're going to give a grade when we go home. I don't have enough time to do that kind of stuff, frankly. But this is where we are in a society where the church has a chance to, to shine. And I want to tell you that I'm looking at this as an opportunity. I'm looking at this new season ahead for myself and this fellowship 
and the leaders that are here today as an opportunity for fruit, as an opportunity to proclaim the everlasting gospel. Paul starts with a negative. He says in verse 26, end of chapter 5, let us, uh, us brethren, not become boastful. If you have any other version other than the New American Standard, it says conceited, challenging, ESV, NIV, New King James, provoking one another, envying one another. This is what we shouldn't do, brothers, sisters. We should not become conceited, challenging one another, envying one another. Now, whenever the Holy Spirit moves an author of Scripture to write something, it's because it needs to be addressed. Amen. (laughs) And this is what was going on. They were challenging and provoking one another. And you might say, why? Why were they doing that? Because there was a doctrinal dispute going on in the Galatian churches. And it, it was introduced to us in the very first chapter where others were embracing a false gospel. A gospel that included circumcision and the laws of Moses and the dietary laws. And the false teachers were saying, unless you do this, you cannot be saved. And you can be assured that when false doctrine permeates a fellowship, it begins to divide people. And this is what Satan loves. And especially when you're talking about a gospel issue, not a a view about eschatology, not a view about Calvinism and Arminianism. When you're talking about how one is saved... The enemy loves those debates because it divides people. And so people in the Galatian church, false teachers had come in and said, unless you're circumcised and keep the food laws, etc., keep the, the Torah, you cannot be saved. And people were divided in this fellowship. And you can see in verse 26, and this is the way I take it, that people were becoming conceited that their position was correct and they were provoking one another and challenging one another and envying one another. The word provoke is an interesting word. It means to challenge someone to combat or an athletic contest. The way we might say it today is if you had a a buddy and he was talking about his prowess as a golfer or a racquetball player, you might say something like this. Oh, yeah? You think you got game, bro? Let's throw down. I'll meet you at high noon. Right? (laughs) You you, You think you're all that? And a bag of chips. I'm not sure if that's even acceptable phrase anymore. But anyway, this is what they were doing. They were calling one another out and provoking one another. But it was on probably on a doctrinal basis. You know, maybe they started to sing songs to one another. My doctrine's better than yours is. My doctrine's better than yours. <laughs> you can laugh. It's okay. If you want to. If, if it's worth laughing at. I don't know. Anyway. Imagine a church that gathers to be conceited, to provoke one another, and to envy one another. The word envy is a word that is ugly in Scripture. It's the idea of, you know what, I want what you have. I want to take what you possess. It's the opposite of burden bearing. It's all about us. On the night before that Jesus, uh, Jesus died on the cross, he stooped down as we looked at a few weeks ago and he washed the disciples' feet. He took on the job of the lowest slave. And he was modeling something because they were arguing. I want you to hold your place in Galatians and turn to Luke 22. Luke 22, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Take a look. Um, 
they were arguing, the apostles were, about which of them was the <laughs> greatest. I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Little Muhammad Ali. Luke 22, look at verse 20. Luke 22, 20. And in the same way, Jesus took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Here we are at the Last Supper with the institution of communion. But behold, the hand of the one betraying me, 21, is with, uh, is with mine on the table, 22, 22. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to discuss among themselves what? Which one of them it might be who was going to do this thing? They didn't know it was Judas. And then there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them was regarded to be the great. It's the last supper. Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. The person who's, you know, reaches in with me or I hand the piece of bread to. And, and what happens? I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm Oh, you're going to die, Lord? Okay. You're going to be betrayed? Okay. Let, let's talk about us for a minute. At the Last Supper, they were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. They were envying one another, provoking one another, doing everything that Galatians 5.26 says, don't do it. Why do we do it? <laughs> because sometimes, back to Galatians 5, we walk in the flesh. If you read on in that Luke passage, you'll see that that's when Jesus tells Peter he's going to fall and deny him three times that night. And could it be, brothers and sisters, that part of Peter's fall was his pride? We all have studied other passages and said, indeed, Peter was involved in that debate about which one was going to be the greatest. And then right after that, the Lord tells Peter, you're going to fall tonight. You're listening to Bear One Another's Burdens, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapters 5 and 6. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program or any of the other teachings in Galatians, Walk in Truth is available for free on just about every podcast app available. You can listen on our Living Truth app or on your favorite podcast app like iPodcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you know the rest. Hey, we appreciate you subscribing and following Walk in Truth, so... Remember, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the beautiful thing about Galatians chapter 6 is that we have an approach to a sinning brother or sister. And this is a hard thing to navigate as Christians. Sometimes we don't know what our place is and should we say something and how do we do it. And we have a formula here, a biblical formula that really is... Uh, right in line with what Jesus said in Matthew 18. If anyone is overtaken in a fault, we go in humility, we go in gentleness, we go uh, understanding that you know we could fall, and we come to lift the burden, and we come so that someone can be restored. Remember, the goal of church discipline is always restoration, and that can be a process, and it does take someone who loves somebody enough to say, hey man, uh, I'm willing to come alongside and bear this burden of difficulty with you. And so the way you approach somebody who's been sinning is you don't ignore it, 
because faithful are the wounds of a friend, Proverbs 27, 6. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. See, love will warn a person that the train is coming and they're going to get run over. And love will even take a risk. And so I, I pray that you're encouraged on how to know how to approach a brother or sister who's in trouble with this great text of Galatians chapter 6. And, you know, one of the things that on the flip side of this is that if you're the person confronted, if someone risked it and said to you in love, man, don't do that anymore, or you're blowing it, or or this is going to hurt you and your family, you know, a life-giving reproof, a wise man will heed a life-giving reproof is also in the book of Proverbs. Wisdom says, I will hear someone trying to correct me if they're doing it in love, if they're doing it in truth, because it's going to be for my ultimate best. And sometimes it's uncomfortable, but a life-giving reproof can be just that, life-giving. So if you've gotten one lately, (laughs) hey, thank the Lord and make the correction and move forward. That's the key. So glad you're listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael. We're going through the book of Galatians. Hey, would you keep us in prayer? Tell a friend about what you're hearing. Support us if you can. We've had so many people step up and partner with us. We're so grateful to you. Uh, You're making it possible not only for us to continue what we're doing on this station, but potentially expand, which is our heart. We want to reach as many people as possible. We want to take the ministry wherever God would have it to go. So reach out to us, partner with us, walkintruth.com, and you can give right there, walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. Now, come back tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 5 and 6 called Bear One Another's Burdens. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.